welcome back. So you had just gone on your second overall. You said you'd only had really two trips, girl trips that were away while you were married to your second husband. And where well, you was, were at, down at the hill? Three, three. Oh, three. Okay. Three girls trips. And so, and he, you know, he said I could go. We discussed how much money I was allowed to spend. Was this one like the second or the third? This was the first one. This one, the Georgia markets. Yes. Okay. And it was a great time. We're shopping. I, we had some really great times, great food, great okay. buys. Mm-hmm. And then we came home. And the next morning, he was on the doorstep of my girlfriend. Okay. Asking her what we did. Who did I talk to? Did anyone hit on me? Now, at this time, were you still residing in... A smaller community or in the newer community closer to the school? The newer one closer to the school. Okay. So so now we're getting closer to mm-hmm. um, the, the mid-2000s. Right. Okay. And my oldest son... Was like high school, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in high school. Okay. And um, so she called me frantic, like, what in the heck is going on here? Was she I, scared or, or scared for was, you? She was um, very put out. Now, because she was married to a, a high-ranking military officer, now, and they traveled extensively, and she did her thing. She was a travel agent and did her trips with girls, and that never would have happened to her, and she couldn't understand what was going on. Now, with him having called your other friends previous to this— I didn't really know that. Oh, at this time you didn't? No. So what my question was going to be then was, did anyone ever express— some sort of concern, like, do you feel like he's being too protective? Do you feel no. like he's being too invasive? No, no, because what else I had found out, he would always call my mother. Mm, okay. Because he knew that my mom and I were really close. So she, he was trying to curb her view as well. Absolutely. It's a whole, it's a whole thing where he felt like he was losing control of me. But guess what? I wasn't going anywhere. Right, which is, yeah. But what was happening was, and again, something else I didn't know until much later, is that as he became more successful yes. in his career, yes, and 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 by successful I mean financially successful, correct. Um, there became a need for him to show off, things. correct. Which um, that led to the last house that you were in with him, correct. Correct. So you guys were doing fine, and then it felt like all of a sudden you needed to leave where you were to go to this big flashy area because he was trying to prove something that he was now this super over the top successful entity. Right, and and I will say, let me let me be clear. That was a house we both wanted to do. Correct. But it became the undoing, I think, because it was a beautiful home and. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, although I was very proud of it and proud of the work that I put into designing it absolutely, and, and decorating it, you know, I really felt very good about that. We won a lot of awards for that house because right. of the decor and the design. And I felt like it was going to be a place for our children mm-hmm. to be able to always bring their friends. I was always trying to open it up to like our church groups and everything else to come meet at our house. Mm-hmm. I had Different times, different people would come and stay with us for extended periods because I felt like we should be able to do that because we have this blessing of this house. 
Why can't we share it? Foster children, you know, um, family members who needed a transitional place. I felt like we should share it because we had that ability. Now, for those that are not in the know of exactly what we had promised the the start of this conversation with, um, one of the more interesting things about this particular life journey, outside of the other ones that I've done where I typically will know the person in some some way, somehow, um, in this particular instance, I actually met you right around the time that things were right at the point of hitting a fever pitch. And so um, I actually knew you and came into your life right around the time that you were in the height of soccer mom living. And yeah, you yeah. had, things you know, were good. your son was at, in a musical that I was in. That's yes. how we met. Yeah. And we hit it off and everything seemed great. And then you became I, friends yeah, with my, I, I became, my husband, your you whole family. Yes, we absolutely. I mean, you were part of our family fixture in the fabric of our family. Yeah, it was fabulous. We had a great time. And um, I remember it was very brief that you were in the previous house. And then the majority of that was in this new house. And I just remember that, yes, things had started to shift. But I do remember you really did. You wanted it to be a place for people to get together. The biggest thing that you were drawn to about it was now we'll have plenty of space to entertain and have family get togethers and Mm -hmm. have friends over and all these types of things. So I remember that being a huge focus for you. Now, as you were focusing on that, he started, I guess, from what you were saying, he started moving into jealousy. Oh, a crazy, crazy amount of jealousy. So the things that he was doing in public before, like stepping on your toes and things like that, was he pulling you off to the side in the house when it seemed like things were going on? Was he was he acting a different type of way with you there or? Uh, Yes, he'd ignore me. Um, He'd withhold uh, from me, whether it was financial, um, it, you know, it, at some point in time, I trusted him with all the money. Right. At this point. He was clearly the breadwinner. He was the breadwinner. That was our agreement. Those were our roles. That's right. how our relationship was going to be. But then it, it came to the point where the, the mail, all of the mail, all of our banking statements, everything started going to his office, P.O. box. Oh, wow. And nothing at home. Okay. Um, he would monitor everything that I did, every dollar that I spent. Um, again, still checking up on me at grocery stores and things. Um, it just, it, it became to the point where, and I know you spent a lot of time in our home at that point. Correct. And, and that was actually a godsend for me, not just your friendship, because we really clicked, you and I. Right. You know, we have a, an age difference that's crazy, but for some reason, our souls were always. always. All, I mean, we got each other. You we know, still to, do. Still do. Time can pass, and it's still like it was just two minutes ago. But unfortunately for you, but and but I think it's something that you and I both me, saw nothing or never saw this coming no. was the jealousy of that friendship. Oh, the je- yeah, the jealousy wasn't just of strange men or potential men. It was insane jealousy of you, my very gay friend. Yes, very. Who I was old enough to be your mother. Um, right. And, you know, I mean, he was forbidding me to speak to you, to take a phone call from you. And I, I know he went and threatened you well, what in th- your home. And What I think is interesting, though, about what you were talking about with those other friends of yours prior to me or maybe even during our friendship is that um, I do remember after we had talked that 
he had a, a tricky conniving way of framing conversations where he would start out with like, how's your day? How's everything going? Oh, so you guys went here. You could tell he was building towards the actual point of the conversation, which was, so what happened when you were there? Yeah. Who was talking to you? Right. Where did she go? Right. Was she on the phone? And it was like... Were men looking at her? Right. And so I remember to me, I was much younger, much yeah. younger. And I'm thinking, and I'm very new to life, new to adulthood. So I'm thinking like, oh, I'm sure he's just worried. She's a beautiful woman. He's probably concerned that someone's looking at her. But you're in your mind, you're like, this is relentless. Yeah, it's this all the is time. always. So if I'm not mistaken, too, um, there was other times prior to this kind of hitting off that there was many other public events where yes. he was pulling you, started yes. to get physically yes. assaulting with yes. you. Push me down. So what so most people, um, male, female, doesn't matter. Most people who are in some form of what turns into this manipulative kind of crazy relationship, they end up looking back and they have some sort of a like, this was the moment that I remember everything changed and I knew what was going on. What was that moment for you? It honestly was not a specific moment. Okay. But well, I will say that there was, but it had to do with the fact that I knew he had gotten money, an inheritance amount of money. We had no savings accounts. We had no college funds set up for our children. We had no retirement accounts. Okay. And he was always talking to me about money, 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 that I spent too much money and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have the money to spend. Right. I never spent more. The, the biggest expense I got was got him a used Rolex one year when he made partner. And I was so <laughs> nervous to do that. And I didn't have my own money. I had to set it up on a payment plan. I was crying in the jewelry store mm-hmm. because I was excited, but I was also nervous. Okay. Because I knew he probably wanted a Mercedes or something. Right. Well, I couldn't do that. Right. And and I had to set this other thing up on pay. But the point is, I didn't do that. Okay. And, but that was the story that was being told. Right. As he's having a Mercedes delivered on a trailer to right. our house and told me about it two days before it arrived as he's delivering an Escalade to me with a fur coat while I'm having lunch with two friends. Mm-hmm. And what I hated more than anything was the show offiness or being put in the middle. I'm fine with being the center of attention if it's with my friends and I'm pr- promoting a friend, right? a friend's business, a friend's nonprofit, something that my friend's doing and wants my support and help. I'll be the center of attention for that all day, but not, don't make it about me. Right. I hate surprise parties. Mm -hmm. I hate that kind of stuff. He threw me a surprise party for my 46th birthday and his father had just died. That year? Two two weeks earlier. Oh my. A black tie. If we had a band and a caterer and a bartender and I'm like, what? Yeah. Is happening here. I don't want this. Right. You know, and I finally said, please stop doing this stuff. I don't like this. Can, right. can it just be between you and me? Right. Please. And and I had another birthday coming up. And I said, please stop involving people. Please stop making these grandiose things. It, I don't like that. I want it to be just us. Was he ever doing these grandiose types of things that were not related to making a statement, making an apology, trying to pad things over? Like, no. no. Those weren't grandiose. 
So no, those were under the cover. Those were behind the scenes. So behind the scenes, he was sending you an overdose of flowers, or sending you a bunch of jewelry, or things like this. Not a bunch of jewelry. Um, okay. No, behind the scenes, any apologies or anything was never public. Gotcha. No, no public. No public. You know. Oh well, and I didn't mean an apology in no. that sense. I meant like gifts. No. I, like, oh yes. That's oh, was what. Al- I, no, no. It was always public. That's what I'm saying. The gifts. Public. The gifts. Not the apologies. The no, gifts. The gifts were always in front of other people. Right. So he never did a genuine gesture of like, no. I'm surprising you with a getaway weekend, just you and I. No. It was always I'm surprising you with this over the top. Everyone's here party. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, and it had all these layers to it. So I finally said, please stop doing this. I I really don't like it. I I I love that you want to give me something, but please just make it between us. I don't. So sure enough, my next birthday rolls around. There was an artist I've really liked locally and he bought me one of the paintings and had an employee come over and deliver it to the house. She had wrapped it. And I knew this young woman. I said, thank you very much. And he's like, well, you're going to go ahead and open it. I said, no, Mm -mm. thanks for coming, sweetheart. I appreciate it. I'll see you the next time I'm you know, around the office, mm-hmm. which was not ever. And right. Never. I, I would not open it while that young lady was there. Because that's what he wanted, was the flash. So that, that she could go back to the office and tell all the other employees what he had done for his wife. No, was this the piece of art that was from the Port Warwick artist? No. Okay. Um, But, so, what happened was, it with the money piece of it, when I realized he had come into all this money. Gotcha. And never told me. Okay. Not only never told me, but spent all of it on restoring a vintage car behind my back for over a year. You had no idea. Had no idea. But all of his employees knew. And he was sending pictures to his siblings. And it was almost $100,000 of... A car being restored while he's crying to me about money and we have no college for our children or anything else so your oldest son at this time he's already out of the house yes and now your younger two are on the verge of being done in high school not quite no okay no they were still middle school okay now really close with me now to clarify in in the midst of all of this prior to the car and post the girl trips and the confrontations with them with me did things end up taking a physical turn? Did he start to become more physically yes. aggressive with yes, you? Yes, but I will tell you that wasn't even the worst of it. I had one. I had threatened to, um, to ask him to leave. I said I can't. I can't do this anymore. Okay, it's got to stop. And he became so insanely. I don't even, like, jealous isn't even it. Um, we were scheduled to go on a cruise with my mom and dad for a holiday with the boys. What year are we talking? Um, 2010, 12, 13. 13. Okay. 13. Maybe 12. It was 12. Okay. And end of 12. And I had seen that he had been messaging some women. I felt very inappropriately. Okay. Uh, through the workplace and personally. Okay. To meet for coffee. Let's meet for drinks. Um, hey, beautiful. Hey, gorgeous. 
And I'm thinking, this doesn't jive with the way you're after me and, and on me all the time. This isn't really... Oh, and you were seeing this where? In emails? In emails and text messages. Okay. So I said, look, it's it's disrespectful to me and it's not good for our relationship. I'm just asking you to be more aware of it. I don't think it's appropriate for you to be meeting women for a drink after work. Period. By yourself. Period. Bring a coworker. Well, yeah. bring a coworker. Just don't go by yourself. It's the appearance of impropriety. Right. And it's, you know, you're on me and you, you're so jealous and you watch everything I do. Well, he poo-pooed it. And I said, look, I don't do that stuff. I said, but if I did, you wouldn't like it. I don't know that wouldn't like it would be the word. Right. And, I, and he, he laughed about so, that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to message somebody I know on Facebook. And you're, and you're not going to like it, but you'll know how it feels. Immature on my part. I should have never done Oh, that. you told him that. I did say that. Okay. So he was going away for a couple of days before we were to leave on this this cruise. So okay. I did. I sent a Facebook message to somebody I knew from high school. Very innocent. The guy messaged me. Married guy. Messaged me back. Yes, of course I remember you. Yeah. I think about you often. How are you doing? Da, da, da. And I said, oh, it's great. You know, life is good. I'm happy. Blah, blah, blah. That was it. That was all I had to say. End of conversation, right? It was all on Facebook Messenger. Well, apparently my old phone was being used in his office and I never took the apps or anything off of it. And my phone was through his work at the time. And the first thing he did when he got back from his two days out of town was pull up my Facebook Messenger on my old phone, which okay. I didn't even know was a thing. But again, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Was it immature? Yes. But I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything inappropriate. He never came home. He saw those messages and told me that he would not come home until I apologized for using men to hurt him. So we're to leave on this cruise and fly out on a Saturday morning and go on Sunday. My parents were flying out the night before. Mm -hmm. This goes on for the whole week. My kids are like, where's daddy? I don't know. He came home in the middle of the night while we were asleep. He took my cell phone, my debit card, my car keys, my um, iPad, the computer keyboard, and the house phones. Um, God, there were other things he took. Oh, our passports and birth certificates and my driver's license. So I'm essentially, he left one house phone. So that you couldn't go on this cruise. I couldn't go anywhere until I apologized to him. Then he called the children and said, tell mommy that she has to apologize to daddy or we're not going on this cruise. He called my parents. Now, this whole week. Your kids are how old at this point? They're young. They're young kids. I think my middle one was 12. Mm. So... I've said, I talk to my parents every day. Mm -hmm. I have said nothing to them about this because I'm so embarrassed and ashamed that I'm even in this position. Right. I don't want them to know. Being treated like a child. Well, because he's done stuff like this before, but not Not to this this degree, not at this level. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want them to worry unnecessarily because they were going with us and we've all paid a lot of money to do this. And he calls my parents the night 
late at night before they're supposed to fly out at like 5.30 the next morning and says, I just want to let you know I'm not going until your daughter apologizes for using men to hurt me. Mm. And my mom calls me crying going, what is going on? Right. I said, I'm sorry. I don't, I just don't, I don't even know what to say. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah. So then he calls that night and tells the kids, tell mommy she has to pack all of my luggage for me, everything, and tell me that she's sorry. Okay. Here's Mm -hmm. the kicker. Here's the kicker. Well, we go, we go on this trip because I'm not going to do this to my kids. Okay, they've been right. looking forward to it. My parents are now already. So we get to the airport. He still has all the passports, IDs, birth certificates, everything. We get to the TSA check-in, and it was a woman, um, TSA agent. And she asked for IDs, and I, she saw me standing there having to look at him to get my information. And she, she just knew. And she handed everything back to me. Mm-hmm. We get down to the hotel where we were staying right near the port and we get into the hotel room and he says, let's just act like nothing ever happened. Let's just enjoy ourselves on this trip and have a good time with each other. And I said, you can drop dead. I will not speak to you. I will do nothing with you. Do not touch me. Right. And that's how it went. I had a great time with the kids I let him do a lot of stuff with the boys. They went in the the kids' clubs, and then I would hang out with my parents, and I was in bed every night by 8.30. Mm -hmm. And every single day, I love you. I just want us to be okay. Let's just go tonight to one of the comedy clubs or something, or just you and I. And I just wouldn't respond. At all. I was so grossed out. So we get back from that, and then our church was doing this big marriage thing over this series of weeks. And I thought, okay, is this a sign? Am I supposed to give this another shot? So we did it. And you we did, went, we you did, did a marriage, marriage counseling thing. thing. It, but the whole church was doing it, right? Every Wednesday night for X number of nights. It was the first time we'd done anything together like that on a repetitive basis. I'm trying to give it another shot. Well, then I was also working a business with a friend at the time. She'd asked me to go into a business with her doing events and stuff. Didn't want to, but I did it. Okay. And she was going to Speaking of things we don't want to have to do, we got to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. So you had gone and decided you were going to give this whole church uh, marriage camp counseling situation to try and give your marriage a go again. Now, when when you say give your marriage a go again, how many times had you really sat and oh. thought, let's try again? Okay, wait, let's try again. A lot. Would you say more than six times? Oh, gosh. More than 10? Yes. Because I always thought about our kids and... I had already been divorced. 
Well, I think it's interesting that you go, I thought about the kids. During this time, though, it's a prime example, like, through all the kids' um, youth, had they not seen flare-ups and witnessed it themselves? they did. did. And since then, even at this time, did they have any recollection of those times, or have they blacked those times out? I think, well, there, there are some very clear... Memories. Very clear. And... You know, I'm just, I'm just giving just a couple of highlights here. So, and I could, I don't want to do any more because, you know, the point is I've moved past it. And the reason why I've decided to share what I am sharing is because, you know, like you alluded to earlier, you think you're the only one in a situation at the time. And like, you think you're going nuts and it's gotta be you because you're doing everything. You're dressing like the Barbie doll that he wants and you're you know, the mistress of the night in the bedroom and you, you know, you, you're doing, you're, you're a great cook and you're raising that you're doing everything you Entertaining. think you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, and it's still not enough. Right. Right. It, there's still so many problems and I couldn't wrap my brain around it. and it, it starts to take not just a mental health toll on you, but a physical health toll on you. Absolutely. And, and people don't understand that. And, so, you know, here we've tried all this marriage thing and I think it's going to be good. And I've been asked to go to this, this, um, church camp right after. Well, yeah. And then, well then, and then, then, uh, semi-professionally, I was asked to go to this conference for event people Okay, out of state and it was going to be all women. Now this is like women, 2015, 14. 14. Okay. Uh, in the, in the winter, February. So we go, we're gone five days out of town I'm, to where? Nashville and okay. I'm communicating with him Love the whole Nashville. time. We're going to all these classes. We're having fun. Yep. But it's we're going to the honky tonks. That's what you do. Yep, it is. Well, I got home and here we go again. On the phone with the people I went with. Who did she talk to? Who did she see? Did anybody flirt with her? Did she touch anybody? Did she go to anybody else's room? This, this and that. To the point where he even hired a private detective to to follow me while we were there. I found out while we were there, he had hired a private detective in Nashville to follow me. I I just, I I couldn't deal with it. How did you end up finding out about that private detective in Nashville? Actually, I found out on the home computer. He thought he deleted it and somehow it pops up. And that's what happened when I found out he had a keylogger program on our home computer and had his office computer IT people install it. Keylogger? Yes, where it tracks every keystroke that you oh make and gives a report. He had his staff install that on our home computer so he could spy on me. And do you know how humiliating that is? I know those people. Right. And I, I reached out to them and I said, I'm so sorry that my husband... Uh, breached his uh, employee employer employee relationship by asking you to get involved in our personal lives. But right. I said, not only is it embarrassing to me, I'm ashamed of him. And I hope you guys all found that I really like Pinterest. 
<laughs> right. Seriously. I mean, that's, it's, it's humiliating. Well, and a lot of people will say too that, you know, I, I use this reference a lot, Hector projector, that people, when they're in the middle of all this chaos, right. they're sitting there projecting onto you because they're the ones that are actually doing all of these horrendous well, things. What, did you end up finding out that anything yes. was going on? So I couldn't do it anymore. It was the, um, the summer. Okay. Uh, of 2014 and um, a sister-in-law in in Arizona had gotten diagnosed with stage three, very aggressive breast cancer. And she was separated or divorced from my brother at the time, but we were still real close. And my niece and nephew, same ages as my two youngest. And uh, she said, can you come out? I'm starting chemo. Okay. And the kids were already in school in, in their area. And she and my brother both worked full time and somebody needed to be able to get the kids back and forth to school. Okay. And, um, I said, absolutely. Of course. Okay. And I was going to be gone for 10 days. I'd never been away from my kids that long. No, never. Right. And I had a whole schedule for those 10 days of my kids, everything they were going to be doing, who they were going to be with, what activities, et cetera. So, so their father could still, you know, go to work and, and do his job, but, he insisted on driving me to the airport to drop me off. And on the way, we had a conversation. I had asked him something about his family and their, their family money things. And I said, well, you don't still owe them money, do you? And he's like, oh, yeah. I said, you do? And he said, yeah. I said, oh, well, I didn't know. He said, yes, of course. you." I said, no, I didn't know that. And I said, well, how much? He said, I don't know. I said, no, you're really good at math. Right. How much do you owe? And it was upwards of, of $200,000. Holy Moses. And all I could think about was, you took that other money instead of paying your family back and built this car that, by the way, doesn't even run? <laughs> I said, uh, uh, oh my God, how selfish. Okay. I said, we get to the airport, please just just drop me at the curb. I don't want you coming in. I don't want you parking. I said, I... You and I are so vastly different in what our values are and what our morals are and what we want for for our lives together. And I said, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. The kids, you know, the one has a cell phone. I, I can talk to them, but I don't want to talk to you. You needed to take some time. I need you to take this time and think about your life without me in it. And if if it's okay for you to be that way, great. We'll talk about it when I get back. But if it's not, something has to change because I can't do this anymore. This is not a joint effort here. Right. We are not equally yoked. Right. And um, I I don't understand it. Okay. So I'm, I went and took care of my sister-in-law and, and my niece and nephew and, and family time. And he knew that's exactly why I was there. And he tried to hire a private detective to follow me while I was out there. Again. Again. And I, I didn't find out about that until much later. When I came home, apparently, I could tell something was different. Okay. Um, his demeanor to me was so extremely dismissive. Okay. He had gone out shopping the day before and gotten all new outfits from this trendy store at the mall. And okay. made our boys go do sleepovers. The whole time you were gone? That Friday night before I came home on Saturday. And they didn't want to. Okay. Um, and when they got to the airport to get me, he stayed in the car 
and the kids came in to greet me at the baggage claim. Okay. And said, Dad said, you're going to have to drive home because he's really tired. I said, okay. And he ignored me and ignored me, and I went ahead. I had no money. He had cut me off of all the money at that. I mean, at that point, it had been months that I, I couldn't even go get groceries. I had to go to a grocery store where I could still write a check. How did he explain the justification for cutting you off? That money's tight. Financially. That money's tight. Okay. That he needs it at the office and um, that our money was tight. Okay. Well, what he was doing was squirreling it away into an account in his own name. Okay. But I didn't know that. Gotcha. So I came home and my parents gave me the money to retain an attorney. Okay. I told him, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this. You know, I, I, I still love you somewhere in here, but I'd gotten to the point where there was just no emotion. It was just very apathetic. And, and when you get to that point, it's done. Right. And once he realized I was sincere, mm-hmm. his whole tune changed. It was the begging me back, the the sending me messages, please, let's have a date tonight, just you and me, and da, da, da. This went on until we, we ended up, we put our house on the market. That's the only way I was going to have a chance at anything because he wanted to get out from under the mortgage payment. We had talked previously in the previous year or two about downsizing and getting something smaller on we'll, anyway. And when we talk about a mortgage payment, what are we looking at? About... Over $7,000 plus the upkeep right, of a huge yard and a pool and, okay. you know, big cars, flashy cars. And, yep. you know, and at we this time, did you still that. have the property in Arizona? Yes. Okay. But it was being um, rented. Okay. So, um, and he had a lot of other properties that were not in my name that were from a family um, inheritance and parlayed into anyway, and that was fine. Right. But because I had nothing, mm-hmm. uh, the only way I could get out is if we sold the house we were in and split the, the small amount of equity that we had in it. And it wasn't a lot, Okay. but that's the way we wrote the contract that we accepted. Right. And that was the only way I could get out. My parents gave me money to secure a rental house for the boys and I, I had no job, so I couldn't, Thank God the rental company was a small woman-owned place, and the mom knew me. The lady who owned it knew me from marching band. Oh, my gosh. And chaperoning our kids because I had no history that I could. So I paid her an extra month's rent, more than what they would normally ask. Okay. Just to prove it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was the only way I could get out. And by the time I got back to our marital home to, to, to get anything from the 16 years we'd had together, he had two pods, two storage pods on the driveway full. And he had staff working in our house around the clock to pack up things. And people would text me, do you want these pots and pans or these pots and pans? People texting me. And I just, I had to not care because they were things. Yep. It wasn't my freedom. They're replaceable. It wasn't peace of mind. And I remember sitting in our marriage counselor's office negotiating our physical, personal property settlement. And he had photographs of every single thing, almost like a deck of playing cards and wanted to sit down on the floor and separate out which plates, which utensils, which this, this and that. 
And I, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. Take what you want. I'll get, I'll get some. Yeah, I'll, I'll replace get some it. different ones. That's Whatever. fine. Even to the point, I mean, we had a gift wrapping little closet, yep. like a walk-in closet. Yeah. Where I kept extra gifts for kids' birthday, you know, and things like that, and all the wrapping paper. And he wanted half of all that. I said, take it all. Are you kidding me? Right. Take every single bit of it. Wow. Mm-hmm. It just was so unreal. In a million years would you have ever thought this was the way a 16-year marriage with him was going to end? No. No. Because I never had that experience before. There was none of the the violence or the, the craziness or the selfishness. Did you feel like anything was angled? Of the first, in the first marriage, I never had this. Well, did you feel like anything was angled in a particular way just because he had specific benefit. knowledge of real estate? Well, to his benefit because right. he had all the money and all the control of the money. Right. And, um, and the control of the law. Absolutely. And he did everything he could to use the law to hurt me. And it didn't work. So. Or to publicly humiliate and embarrass me. Which is definitely the biggest part of it. Yes. He tried to assassinate my character publicly, thinking that it would make me cower down and go away. He created this narrative that he had been an abused spouse. (laughs) And people who knew him, knew us, our neighbors who I still am friends with all of them, you know, our counselor, people had never heard of this before. Now all of a sudden he's claiming, you know, that he was an abused spouse, so he shouldn't have to pay me half of what, you know, was accumulated during our marriage. And once again, like I said, with projecting, like everything he had done to you, whether it was yeah. all of the, like, making fun of you, pulling you apart, ripping you down, being physically assaultive, verbally assaultive, all of this. He's projecting that onto you. So here's what happened. I had already retained my attorney. I already knew we were going to separate. I was moving in those directions. The paperwork had been drawn up but not submitted. And uh, here's where I made my mistakes, which were grievous. Um, we hadn't closed on the sale yet, but the house was under contract and and we had our closing dates. The people were paying cash. Okay. So nothing was going to backfire. They loved the house when they saw it years before. Um, I got a phone call late at night one night. I had already been asleep. It was a new friend that I'd made through, um, my kid's school chaperoning chaperone single mom i met her very nice she had worked for my husband okay and i just had met her briefly but i didn't really know her at all and we got to be friends chummy field trip chaperones and we maintained a friendship and i invited her to the house with her son for dinner and stuff okay and uh she called me one night woke me up and i couldn't understand what she was telling me and she kept saying shh listen listen Well, she conference called my husband, who was upstairs in our house in our rec room over the garage. Okay. And I was on mute, I guess. And I'm still listening, trying to figure out what's going on. I didn't realize at first it was him. And she's saying, look, I can't do this. I can't keep this from her. She is such a nice person. And it's making me sick having to keep this secret from her. And he's like, you can't tell her. 
please don't tell her. You can't tell her that we've had sex because I'm trying to save my marriage. Now, this is, he already knows I'm planning to leave. Right. I'm actively looking for a place. Right. I'm, I've already paid the attorney, you know, a lot of money for a retainer. Just because I knew something just was never going to be right. Right. And I'm listening to this. And she's saying, I can't do it. She's one of the nicest people. I've talked to my mentors at church about it. And they've said the right thing to do is to tell her. And he's begging her not to talk to me. And she said, he said, she can't know about our affair that we had. If she knows that we slept together, I'll never be able to save my marriage. And we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Just trust me, okay? Okay. 